Welcome to Vantage Fishing Radio, where we discuss the hot bite and all things fishing. With your hosts, Dustin Clark and Lewis Chapman. Fish on! Welcome back to Vantage Fishing Radio. This is Lewis Chapman, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Dustin Clark. Dustin, we missed you last week. How you doing? Uh, you know what? Uh, work's been kicking my butt pretty good, so it's it's good to be back this week and, and talk a little bit of fishing. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back. Uh, for anybody that missed last week's show, we did a lot of Wyoming ice fishing. Um, we talked a, a lot of local fly fishing. That's some of the only open water right now in Colorado that's uh, safe. I just actually read something about a guy go, going under at uh, Lawn Hagler. So if you're out there on the ice or trying to get your boat out, uh, while there's still a little bit of ice on the water, be be very, very careful on that. And, um, but tonight for episode 17, um, we're always trying to, to bring cool and, and new content to the show. And I came across a really cool uh, project, the Mayfly Project, at a Rupp Your Water event a couple weeks ago that I talked about in the last episode. And we were lucky enough to get uh, Jess Westbrook and Nikki Cousins on with us. Jess, Nikki, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? Not too bad. It's uh, it's always good to be talking. Yeah, we're... <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we're stoked to be here. Thank you guys so much for having us. For sure. It's our pleasure. So, um, yeah, so the, the Mayfly Project, we're really going to concentrate this show on, on this project and fly fishing. So I hope you're ready for that and geared up for it. It uh, pulls at my heartstrings a little bit. It reminds me of the Patriot Anglers and, and a little bit with uh, what, I've been doing uh, prepping for foster kids in my own house, so it's something I just had to have happen on the show, so I'm so thankful we're here. But um, so, Jess, to start out with you, um, so who are you within the Mayfly Project? Yeah, so I am uh, the founder of the Mayfly Project, Lewis. We founded um, founded in 2015, and... Um, we technically got our 501c3 in December 2015, and, um, you know, we were just taking out local foster kids here in Arkansas. And um, in April 2016, uh, met a girl from Idaho. Her name was Caitlin Barnhart, and uh, we decided to, um, you know, we got to talking, and she was doing kind of the same thing in Idaho, so we kind of joined forces and um, really developed a plan um, to take the Mayfly Project across the United States. So founded in 2015 and uh, 2019, so four years later, I guess. Gotcha. So you're the founder of the project itself. Yes, sir. Well, I'll have some, I definitely have some questions on that as we, we go along. But uh, first, Nikki, uh, what, what role do you play with the organization? Yeah, so I am the Denver lead mentor. Um, so I coordinate everything that we do in Denver. Awesome. So, um, and how, how big is the program in, in Denver? Is it just getting it started or what's that look like, Nikki? Um, we started Denver, let's see, this will be our third summer. So it's grown like crazy though. So we actually have our first summer, we did just Denver in Colorado and we had five mentors. Um, then we grew to include Roaring Fork Valley, Northern Colorado, and Pikes Peak region. And I'm about to check. I think in Denver we have 20-some mentors. We've grown like crazy, and we're just trying to really spread the word and 
find kids to work with and yeah, it's good. Awesome. So, um, just back to you for a bit. So how did the Mayfly project come about? What was the inspiration? Uh, why is it here? Well, what's, what's the story behind that? So Lewis, when uh, I was 28 years old, my wife and I, Laura, had our first son. His name was Case, and he was a, a rounder for sure, like from the get-go. So um, when kids are first born, typically they sleep. And, uh, you know, Case was born at like 2 in the morning, and he didn't shut his eyes until like 8 that morning. Like he just stared at me for like six hours, and I knew then I was in trouble, you know. Um, so Case uh, was a handful as a baby, and when – I think it was when Case was seven days old, um, I had an anxiety attack. And that was the first time I ever had an anxiety attack or a panic attack or anything like that. When I had that panic attack, um, like, my life forever changed. Like, I've had anxiety since then. And so um, once I had that panic attack, I, I, you know, was missing all kinds of work, and I had – um, you know, I lost, I believe, almost 40 pounds in a, like a six month window, uh, just anxious and stressing and all that good stuff. And um, I fly fished my entire life. Uh, but it wasn't until after Case was born that I started using fly fishing as a as a tool. So I started fly fishing when I was eight years old. And um, right after Case was born, I had a guy uh, that I started fishing with. He was a local guide here in Arkansas. And he's a really respected guy, an awesome dude. And he he kept wanting me to go fishing with him. And so I kept getting out with him. And I noticed every time I got on the river that uh, my anxiety, my stress, all that good stuff seemed to disappear. So um, it was at that point that I realized that there was actually healing power in fishing. Um, so maybe fast forward to, you know, nine months later or so, we were sitting at church and there was a speaker there and they were talking about the foster care system. And of course, you know, we just had this, this brand new baby. And to myself, I was thinking, how could, you know, a parent let, let their child be taken away from them? You know, I know that there are, there are different reasons for that, but you know, even if they have issues, why wouldn't they work those out to try to get these children back and whatnot? And so, um, you know, finding out that there's 5,000 kids in foster care in Arkansas really hit home with me. And I was looking for a way to give back using fly fishing. And that day at church, I kind of knew that giving back to foster kids through fly fishing was what I wanted to do and how I wanted to make an impact with my life. Awesome. And then so you went to work and, and propped it up. And how did that look? Yeah so, yeah, so my wife and I started taking kids just through local organizations. And... Uh, I was donating my God money to buy rods and stuff for these kids. And I was like, well, you know, we'll set up a 501c3 just because. And we set it up and got our got our 501c3 in December 2015. And then, like I said, we had a – I was like, well, I'm just going to have a logo drawn up to, to just raise some money to buy some rods for the kids that I've been working with. And contacted Andrea Larco, and she did a logo for us. And the logo – logo like hit social media and that's when Caitlin reached out to me and she was like hey you know my name's Caitlin Barnhart I'm from Idaho and I'm doing something very very similar we should team up and I'm like uh okay I, I think this will work like I, I don't know I, I don't know if this is you know if this is 
if, if people will even think this is cool, you know, I don't, I don't know if anybody will like this or not. And so we started doing it in Arkansas and Idaho and, 2016, we mentored 25 kids from two states. Um, 2017, we mentored and outfitted 62 kids from seven different states. In 2018, we mentored 112 kids from 12 different states. And this year, we're looking at being in over 20 states. I'm not exactly sure how many are, are going to kick off and whatnot. You know, Lewis. Um, dealing with foster children and group homes and that kind of stuff. Stuff can be unpredictable. So we think we'll be in over 20 states this year in 2019. Wow, that's pretty impressive. So at the Riversmith uh, premiere, there, the third video they showed was the one featuring uh, the Mayfly Project. And it started out with some actually pretty scary uh, statistics with uh, foster kids and prison and, and things like that. Do you be able to talk towards that just a little bit and why it's important that the work you're doing to, to help combat that kind of stuff? Yeah. So every, you know, any given day in the U S there are approximately 415,000 kids in foster care. Um, about 25,000 of those kids age out of the foster care system every year. So those, those 25,000 kids, they age out of the system and, you know, they have no support. They're out on their own, um, which we all know. I don't know how you guys were at 18, but at 18, I, I, I wouldn't say I was ready to be on my own or smart enough to be on my own, essentially. But um, we, uh, you know, those kids that, that age out, there's all kinds of things that will happen. You know, uh, they will, I think it's something like 42% of kids that age out will be convicted of a crime. And one in five will be homeless by the time uh, they turn 21. So, you know, a lot of times this is a, a cyclical thing. These kids' parents most likely came from a bad home life or the foster care system. So we're hoping that by giving these kids, by mentoring them and giving them the um, the gift of fly fishing, they'll use this gift to to basically channel like their anxiety, their stress, all that good stuff, put it into something good versus something bad, you know, whether that be drugs or alcohol or anything like that. Yeah. Um, from the classes I was going through on working to, to get a foster kid in, in our house, um, my wife and I, it was amazing that, that you would think that a lot of the, the kids would be abused and, and things like that. And they are, but the vast majority of kids that at least were in the classes that were taught to us, they were talking about kids that were just neglected. And that was the biggest thing. Right. So when you're talking mentor and just providing quality time with somebody, that's like the exact opposite of what they were getting. So I can see how that can go a long way. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, they love that, especially that one-on-one -on -one time. So most of the, the kids that we, we mentor still in like group homes. So they share a room with four or five other kids. So they love that one-on-one -on -one time. And yeah, we don't talk about anything serious. We just have fun and, and uh, joke around and just take their mind off of their everyday stresses. Gotcha. So Nikki, um, do you want to break down what is all involved with being a mentor, what that looks like if somebody was wanting to help out here in Colorado with that? Yeah, so in, in every chapter or, you know, every program across the United States kind of runs a little bit differently. So I'll just touch on how we do it in Denver. Um, so we do a five-stage program, uh, and we work with a group home to do that. And um, so we meet every 
it's probably like every other week. I try to spread it out so that we can, you know, touch base with the kids and then they can have some time to really regroup, think about what they've learned, practice some skills, and then we see them again in a couple weeks. So it's five stages, um, and we meet at the group home, and we all kind of carpool over to wherever we're fishing. Uh, we get everyone set up, and we have some lunch and just goof around. Like Jess said, we have a lot of fun, nothing serious. Um, we teach them about bugs. We teach them about every stage has different kind of guided, uh, like, what we want to work on. So, you know, one day we'll work on bugs and then as we get, we'll, so we'll go to a pond or something and we'll see what are, what bugs are under rocks. And then we'll go to a river and, um, work on reading the river and talk about conservation and things like that. So then at the end, the fifth stage is kind of their big day. So what I've done is, and we've done in Colorado is try to find a, some private water for them to fish on, um, where they're guaranteed to get some big, big trout. <laughs> and, um, we have a big lunch for them, like a big barbecue. They get everything they need to continue fishing. So they get a rod and reel and they get tools and a pack and flies. And, um, so it's really exciting. They get, they don't, usually know that they're going to go home with that stuff and that they get to take it home. So it's really exciting to see them and the excitement in their eyes when they realize that they get to keep it and they get to keep fishing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So kind of where are you guys, uh, and this is again towards Nikki. So where are some of the areas that you fish at here in Colorado? Yeah. So the kids that we work with in Denver, um, we, they live, in close to downtown, so right near City Park, actually. So one of our trips was to City Park, and we fished the ponds there. Um, we try to get them places where they can get to on their own, so they a lot of and they don't drive, so they have a bus pass. Um, so we kind of figure out some bus routes for them. Um, we figured out some fly shops along the way that they can stop at and you know, ask how, where to fish and how to do it. So we fished a lot of, um, the Denver South Platte in town. Uh, some of our other trips though, we go up to say Clear Creek, um, right near Georgetown, Mm -hmm. uh, or we've gone to Deckers. Um, and then let's see, where else have we gone? We fished some, um, private water down on off of 285. Now I can't even think of, where it was though, <laughs> just a little pull off. And, um, so we took the kids there. Uh, yeah, but a lot of ponds around town is really fun too, to really get them into little, um, pan fish. So they get a, a feeling for what catching a fish feels like because those guys eat anything. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, so, so Jess, when the, so Nikki was talking about the five stage program, is that, kind of how it is nationwide or is, did you set up the model that way? Yes, sir. So for the most part, uh, everybody does a five stage program. We do have some one day events. So I know that Nikki and them, they do like a one day adoption event. Like they, they, uh, they work with this and Nikki, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. they work with, um, you know, this home or whatever. And they have these, 
potential kids that are up for adoption and parents come out and meet those kids um, and hopefully pair up. And so, yeah, for the most part, Lewis, it's all five session outings. And then we do have a couple one day outings every now and then. We have one here in Arkansas, too, that we do for kids that are uh, up in the northern part of the state that we can't readily that aren't really available to us right now. So we we normally do one here in Arkansas as well. Gotcha. So Dustin, this uh, sounds awful lot like kind of what the Patriot Anglers was, it was and still still does. Um, so it's exciting to see this kind of model still working. Um, so I know that we had a lot of success stories um, for sure. I, I there's so many times that I can count where, you know, just fishing with kids and and then bringing the parents in and watching it all tie in and it, it makes it such a huge, huge thing. It always left me with goose, goosebumps every time I left the water or ice, you know, knowing that you kind yeah. of a big difference. So I'm sure both you and Nikki have, have both felt that. Um, you guys have some success stories you want to share? Tons. <laughs> yeah. Um, What'd you say, Nikki? I said I have tons of success stories that I love to share. Yeah. Um, a couple, going back to that one day event that's like probably – one of our biggest successes is it was um, seven, we had seven youth that were up for adoption and then eight families that were looking to adopt come and we kind of went through and we learned all about it and we had them interact with everyone. And out of those seven, four of the youth were matched with families that they met at that event. So that was really exciting for us. And that was the first time we'd ever done an event like that. And that was first time they'd ever done an event like that. So we're definitely doing it again this summer too to get some hopefully get some more kids in homes wow that's pretty amazing actually yeah when you think about it i mean wow that, that's and it is are you seeing results like that uh in all the all the states jess yeah so um lewis arkansas is a little bit different um just being more established here you know we uh we have been able to actually film videos of kids so we filmed I think seven videos over the last two years and we've gotten five kids placed, I believe. And so when a family is interested in a kid here in Arkansas, uh, the kid is placed at the family for six months before the adoption is finalized. And so I know for sure we've had at least three kids adopted because of videos that we've done here in Arkansas. So uh, yeah, we've seen some some awesome results from from that. And then it's funny today, I actually had a a uh, gentleman reach out to me uh, that saw one of our videos that we just put out last week and was like, "Hey, I want to pay to fly this kid in this video to Virginia to attend this TU youth camp." So uh, we're getting some kids that normally don't get um, don't have these opportunities to get to go see some cool places and and possibly find a forever family, which is which is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so oh, go ahead, Dustin. I'm sorry. Um, my question is, um, you know, it, it's called the Mayfly Project, and, and and you know, Jess, you you were very interested in fly fishing. Uh, do you guys have plans to obviously in Arkansas, it's a little bit different um, to to expand outside of fly fishing? Why do why was fly fishing the main focus here? I mean, you've obviously seen some some really good results, and we all know that, you know, fly fishing can be very expensive, but what happens if you have one of these kids like, yeah, I like catching fish, but uh, maybe I 
I don't like to fly fish. What's your kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, so that's a really good question, Dustin. So we do get kids like that every single year. Um, so, you know, I have kids that are like, oh, I don't, I don't want to fly fish or I don't think this is fun. And, you know, most of the time when, when the kids, uh, see their, their peers doing it and all that stuff, they end up doing it and end up loving it. Uh, we will, uh, always stick with fly fishing. I don't know, Dustin, if it has something to do with, you know, always casting and constantly mending and all that good stuff that, that really helps disconnect from the day to day world. Uh, that makes it so appealing to me or, or to, um, to others. But I think that we, we will always stay with fly fishing. Uh, but yeah, if a kid, the kid doesn't necessarily want to, I mean, we can always find stuff, fun stuff to do. Like Nikki was talking about, go pick up rocks and look at bugs. I mean, kids love bugs or put stickers all over water bottles, you know, whatever, uh, whatever floats a kid's boat. And we always have like coloring sheets and all kinds of good stuff or, or even, um, flies that they can tie. I know in our final outing, we always have a couple vices and stuff sitting up at the, uh, at the tent. So kids will go up there and tie, uh, while they're eating lunch or if they get bored or all that good stuff. So I think we'll always, we'll always stick with fly fishing. I don't know if that, oh. that makes sense or not, but. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. I mean, there's many a times that, uh, that I've been out and it's like, you know what? I, I want to get away from everybody. The only thing I want to hear is, is water crashing over rocks and I don't even care if I catch right. this day. That's really what I care about. I want to see the beautiful scenery. Uh, so I, I, I get that portion of it. I, I just was, uh, the question was like geared to those that don't really take to the fly fishing. And I, I think you answered that because it seems like you have other pieces uh, implemented into your program that are really like, okay, well, maybe you don't like the, the casting. Maybe you don't like the mending or, or constantly looking at water. Let's teach you about bugs. Let's teach you about, yeah. let's teach you about this. And, and I know from personal experience that, you know, sometimes it's, it's not about catching the fish. Sometimes it's about, Oh, I'm learning something new and that's cool. That's an awesome bug. So that's uh, good to hear. Right. Well, yeah, we tell people all the time, Dustin, I'm like, yeah, we're all about fly fishing, but we actually, like, it's not about fly fishing at all. If that makes any sense. Uh, so we, uh, we have a couple of new things that we're implementing in our program this year. They're going to create a lot more engagement. We have a, a button system that's much like, like almost like the boys, <laughs> the boy scouts, how they can, you know, the boy scouts earn patches. Our kids are going to be able to earn buttons. So there are nine different buttons they can possibly earn. So we'll have a casting button and we'll have a catch and release button. We'll have, you know, we teach them all kinds of fish handling skills. We have a aquatic invasive species button, which will teach the kids um, how to uh, not spread aquatic invasive species by by washing your boots and um, letting stuff dry out. We also have a game that goes along with that where they can earn this button. Uh, so we also have a keep our rivers clean button. And so how they earn that is they go pick up uh, trash along the riverbank. So we're creating a lot more engagement and you know, Dustin, like you said, I mean, we're all about fly fishing, but when, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, we're really just loving on the kids. So, so I take it from that response, you guys have, uh, quite a bit uh, of, of reoccurrence in the, the, these kids that come out. You, you don't just see them once and they're out the door. It's, you might see them multiple times throughout a year or a couple of years, like you said, until they. Right. We- we uh, try to see them, you know, we, we try to do that, our five session program with them. So we'll at least see them five times 
but we do have some kids here. I mean, I, I don't know if Nikki's the same way. We, you know, with the foster care system, there's a lot of turnover. Uh, but we have had some kids here in Arkansas that we've been working with for like three years. So, uh, we see a lot of kids and, you know, Nikki was telling you guys about the stuff we give them at the end. I'm actually having to come up with different stuff to give these kids. Like this year, they got waders and boots. Uh, and some, some northern projects or western state projects get waders and boots. Um, but here in Arkansas, we don't. We wet wait a whole lot, especially during the summer with our kids. Uh, so I'm having to come up with, with different gifts, gifts to give these kids. Some kids have like three or four fly rods. I'm like, you guys, like, I, I don't even know what to do anymore. You know, I mean, uh, it's pretty awesome to, to see all this stuff they've collected. That is awesome. It's pretty cool that, uh, all the different companies out there are, are helping you out. Uh, while we're on that subject, um, Jess, Nikki, is there any sponsors or anybody that you want to give love that have really helped make things happen? Yeah, totally. So, uh, we have some, some great sponsors and, and partners that have been with us, you know, since the beginning, uh, just to name a few. So like Cortland Lines, they have literally been with us since day one, which is, which is amazing. And, um, we have, you know, Riversmith, Rep Your Water. Um, we have, let's see, Orvis, TFO, um, who else, Nikki? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, we have Compass 360. That is a, a big sponsor. We have Smithfly, Flybines, Adipose Boats, Holly Flies out of Pennsylvania, uh, Bass Pro Shops, uh, Kroger, all, you know, here in the South when we provide stuff. We have Fish Pond, you know, another Colorado company that provides us with micro trash containers for all of our kids. And, um, you know, then we have some, some other companies that don't have anything to do with, with fly fishing that have been heavily involved. There's a, there's a company here in Arkansas, uh, a Caterpillar dealership that really believes in us. And so they, they donate a lot. And we have a small clothing company here in Arkansas called Native that, that does the same. So, and we have lots of local sponsors too. Those are mainly like national sponsors, but we'll have some local sponsors, uh, you know, as well for, for different states. So as far as here in Colorado, do you have any fundraisers or anything like that coming up, Nikki? Oh, man, we are working on um, creating a big fundraiser um, as a big event. So that will be uh, coming up. I don't have any details yet. We also will probably be, I don't know if I should say this or not, but we'll probably be at the F3T um, in Denver and at the Anglers All Trout Clave. So we usually have tables at those events and for outreach, for fundraising, to sell merchandise, um, similar to what you saw at the Crosswaters film event. Yeah, and that was an awesome event. And I didn't even realize what I was going into. I thought it was just going to be a fly fish, fly fishing film, which I'd never been to. And I thought oh, well, I should go see it, and you know, and and be a new experience. Plus, I've always been want, I've always wanted to go to the Raptor Water Warehouse, but. I was actually so happy that I stepped into one of your fundraisers. It, it really made the night for me. So, so glad that that happened. Um, as far as mentors, if, if somebody wants to be a mentor, there might be a few things they might be nervous about. One, working with the kids and, and, and working with kids that, that might have issues that they might think are beyond their um, ability to help. Is, could either one of you guys talk towards that a little bit? 
and, and how uh, folks could uh, start to volunteer with your organization? Yeah, sure. Lewis. So um, a cool thing is, is uh, just our team that we've kind of assembled here at the Mayfly project. So I have a business background. Um, I have a degree in accounting and finance. So I tell people most of the time when they ask me, I'm just a huge dork. Uh, but I do love the fly fish. And then uh, Caitlin has a background in like mental health and social work. So um, we have all kinds of stuff uh, in our uh, manuals and stuff that we give to our mentors and our lead mentors that talk about, you know, how to deal with situations, um, whether it be, you know, if you have uh, a kid take off running or, you know, what you do in that situation or, if you have a kid with ADHD, how do you um, communicate to him and are, are, are them, and are you able to teach teach them? So uh, we try to address those situations on the front end with uh, stuff that we've written, basically in in handbooks and stuff for our mentors. And uh, as far as like getting involved, we have a online mentor application that you can go in and fill out, and um, you know, we'll ask for reference checks and all that good stuff. And then we get back with you and we do a over the phone interview. And then you have to meet with your lead mentor and we'll start reference checks and do background checks and then, then uh, get you good to go, I guess. And I'll just add on to that a little bit in Denver um, there. I've had mentors who they decided that maybe they weren't ready to work with kids. So um, they come and they take pictures and they don't interact with the kids cause they don't want to. And the kids know who they are, uh, but they just don't want to teach. Or I've had, sorry, my dog is about to grow up. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. That is a first for the show. <laughs> sorry. Uh, oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. uh, or, you know, some people who aren't really, um, they don't, they're just picking up fly fishing as well. And so we, we, um, they net fish or they make sandwiches or, you know, th- there are so many ways to help out. You don't have to be a professional fly fisher. You don't have to even be good. Because we like anyone. As long as you can be a coach and a cheerleader to these kids, then that's what we need. And someone who's there that can consistently show up and. Sorry. Oh my God. Okay, I've got a brand new baby, Lewis, so I haven't slept it in months. So everything is funny. Oh. No, that wow. is absolutely yeah. hilarious. Don't worry about it whatsoever. Oh, but, gosh. So it sounds like you could use a lot of help. So what's the, the best way for potential yes. volunteers to reach out to you guys? Yeah, so we we have an online application. And so I think it's under it's on the far right. And there's a there's a button that says take action. So you can just click on that. And uh, if you know, like you want to mentor in Denver and you know that Nikki's the lead mentor, uh, you can put in there. There's a there's a place for uh, submit application for an existing project or a place to submit an application uh, for a new project. And if you don't know, you can just submit an application for a new project and we'll connect you to somebody that's close to you. But um, 
yeah, if you would like to, to volunteer for the Denver Project, just go there and put that Nikki is the lead mentor that you would like to uh, volunteer for. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get back, back with you and set up a, a time to talk and, and do a phone interview. Awesome. So uh, we'll definitely post a link um, at, the, at the podcast description. So that way folks can easily find your website and Facebook page and, and all that great stuff. We'll, we'll work to share the story as, as best we can. And uh, for those of you, uh, you guys that just listen and don't like, which is like 99% of all people on all social media, well, this time let's let's up that. Let's let's get a few more likes, a few more <laughs> shares. Let's not be lazy. Let's not just breeze by it. So, um, if you're listening, definitely take the two seconds of time to help them out. At least share. The more folks that are, are here in this show um, could open up opportunities for both kids as well as the mentors. I know um, in my service to the Patriot Anglers, I often felt like I got out of it as much as the uh, participants, if not more sometimes. So just something oh, yeah. about volunteering. And the other big thing that I always kind of realized is you never really know when you're going to have that moment or when you're really going to impact somebody's life where you're going to make that lifetime memory. You just, you just don't know that. And a lot of times, you know, our work through the Patriot Anglers, and I know Dustin can attest to this, you might not even realize it. And you're thinking later in the week and you're like, Oh man, you know what I did with that kid or with that, with that family. Um, and it'll just give you goosebumps all over again. And it sometimes it's, it's enough to save a life and, and you might not ever know. So it's always good to give back a little bit. That's exactly right. Um, you guys have time to talk a little fly fishing unless you had anything else to uh, add about the Mayfly project. Yeah. So Lewis, can I add one more thing? Whatever you um, want. So Open floor. We've been working. I want Nikki to talk about this. So uh, this is something we're really, really excited about. Uh, we've been working on a minty curriculum. So it's basically a book that's all about fly fishing. And uh, Nikki is a very talented artist who's doing all the art and stuff for that book. So uh, I just wanted to, I guess, throw Nikki some props, not that she'll want to like say anything about it, but Nikki's doing an amazing job putting that together. So Nikki, do you want to tell them like what all's in that book? Um, it is, it's a fly fishing Bible <laughs> for kids. Uh, it's no, it's got everything you need to know and it's great because it's kind of, it's laid out in a really easy to read way so that it's color coded for sections and there's table of contents and there's fun kind of coloring pages in between, um, journaling pages. So kids can, um, reflect back on what they've gone through within the program, uh, a glossary of terms they need to know. Um, I'm, it's all a blur now. I've been working on it for so long. That now it's just, <laughs> just a big blur in my head. It's amazing. Nikki's done an <laughs> awesome job. Thank you. Thank you. N Nikki, what does it take to write a book about fishing, even if it's a kid's book? I mean, well, that's something I've thought about a little bit, so I'm a little curious. Let's be really, really clear. I didn't write it one bit. I, <laughs> Jess and Caitlin wrote the words. I'm just making it look good. So yeah. they, I mean, they did a great job getting – all the text in there and also touching on, sorry, dogs, um, <laughs> touching on really what it is that we're trying to achieve and what it, what fly fishing does for these, for everyone involved. And so that's really exciting too. It's a good part of it. 
Well, uh, to be honest with you, you know, everybody might have written the words, but uh, <clears throat> anybody who fly fishes knows that the uh, the presentation is what really counts. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt about that, Dustin. There's no doubt. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's talk a little fishing. Unless, Dustin, do you have any, anything else you want to bring up with the, the program? Uh, you know what? I, I went out to their page while while everybody was talking, and, and I kind of looked through it, and, you know, I'm really excited, to be honest with you. It, it kind of brings me back, like you said, to the, uh, the patron anglers days. And um, uh, there was one piece that, uh, and outside of all the great things that you're doing, there was one, um, one piece that kind of caught my eye real quick. Um, and it was one of your stickers. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, one of your stickers is actually an Arctic grayling, which I thought was was fantastic. I was like, you know what? You don't see a whole lot of that out there, uh, especially for fly fishing, or not that I know of anyway. Yeah. And, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'll send you one, Dustin. I'll send you one. Uh, I will proudly put it on the back of my truck when anytime I go fly fishing. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Awesome. So uh, – Jess, let's talk just a little fly fishing in Arkansas because, you know, we spent the last episode and we kind of, we talked about the Denver South Platte and a lot of stuff that Nikki actually mentioned. We were talking about fly fishing for carp and all that here. And really you can fly fish for almost everything here in Colorado, but what's the scene in the South look like? Yeah. So we mainly have tailwaters. Uh, actually that's all we have is tailwaters. Um, and so, you know, or at least the whole trout year round, we do have some urban stocking, but we have, you know, we're mainly known for the Little Red, the White, and the Norfolk Rivers. And, you know, known for, for throwing big, like, 10 to 12-inch streamers for big browns. So the world record came off the Little Red River, which is about an hour and a half from me. Uh, you know, and it held the record for a little while. And it was like, I don't know, 39 pounds, I think, is what how big the brown was. Um, and so, yeah, we have, uh, we have some awesome brown trout fisheries over here in Arkansas. So we basically just, you know, we love these spring rains. So they'll generate and um, push all those big fish to the banks and we can go pound the banks with some, some big streamers. Awesome. So what's it like hauling in a big brown off of a streamer? That's something I have not done yet. Uh, all my browns oh, man, it's nymphing and things like that. So, yeah, it's amazing. You can definitely tell the difference uh, when you get a, a, a brown eat, uh, you know, when you stick, when you stick that fish, the, uh, you can feel them shaking that head, you know, it's just like, tom, 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 tom. Whereas a bow for, in, in my experience at least, doesn't, doesn't feel quite as, as, um, as tough as those brown trout, you know, they're, they're definitely vicious for sure. So I love, love, uh, love chasing those things. Yeah. Those browns always dive and run. They never break water, do they? Right, right, right. It's usually how you could tell how you have one on, whether it's lake or river. That's been my experience here in Colorado. So it sounds like yeah, you've got some great yeah. trout fishing down there. Do you guys ever fly fish for bass or crappie or anything like that? Yeah, we'll do it a little bit. Um, we uh, There is a, a river that's actually right behind my house that has some really, really good smallmouth fishing. Uh, it's, it should be about to heat up if – you know, we'll stop getting so much rain. Uh, so it's funny, like I want the rain for trout fishing, but, uh, for, for the smallies, it just muddies up the water. So I'm excited to chase some smallies. Uh, and then one thing I'm really excited about is stocking the pond that is by my house, uh, with hybrid bass. So 
I'm pretty stoked to do that so our kids can, can, uh, our foster kids can come over to the house, like as a group outing and cook out and, uh, and try to chase, uh, hybrids. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So if somebody were to visit Arkansas and they only had one day to go fishing, what's your recommendations? What should they be doing? Oh, this is a great question. Yeah. I've been wondering myself. Yeah, so, and I, you know, I guess it's just personal opinion. I personally like the Norfolk. Uh, so the Norfolk River uh, is a tailwater out of Norfolk Lake, and it runs into the white. And the Norfolk is, I think it's, it's a right around four miles long, so you can float it twice in a day. So I always think that's pretty good. You know, uh, you can kind of um, pick up where the fish start to eat and then you get to float it again. So, uh, I like floating the Norfolk. So if I was going to, if I was going to choose my river, that's where, that's where I would fish was the Norfolk. Awesome. And, and so the million dollar question is, so, so we've got your, your, your species that you want to target. No, we've got your river that you want to target. <laughs> uh, if everything is all the same, what fly are you using? Let's say, you know, it doesn't matter what day, if it's cloudy, rainy, whatever it happens to be. Are you dry? Are you nymphing? And, and what fly is your killer of choice? Okay, so well, it, so if I'm throwing streamers, um, it's probably going to be a uh, olive Charlie Craven's double ganga, um, and if I'm nymphing. It's just going to be a regular old pheasant tail, for sure. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, oh, my go-to here in Colorado is, is probably that pheasant tail or uh, the rainbow warrior. Uh, so uh, that's totally understandable. I mean, I get that. So if I ever visit Arkansas, that's that's uh, I know what I'm bringing with me. Um, what weight yeah. are you using for these? Are you using a, a five weight, a four weight, a two weight? Uh, you know, going above so, five weight, I think might be a little bit overkill, but well, so so for if we're throwing, you know, if we're throwing, uh, if we're throwing streamers, most of the time I'm throwing a seven with like a twelve foot uh, Rio um, poly leader that sinks like seven inches per second, depending on the generation. Um, so most time I'm throwing streamers, that's what I'm doing is I'm throwing I'm throwing that seven weight uh, with that you know double gonga or sex dungeon or something like that. And then if I'm nymphing, um, I'm a big, like, European nymphor. So uh, I have, like, a, a ten and a half foot uh, three-weight that I'm nymphing with most of the time, like, just top line nymphing. Okay, okay. Nice. So, Nikki, a um, little bit of, of Colorado fishing. How long have you been fishing here in the state? Um, I actually haven't been fishing very long. I'd say going on five years now, Gotcha. but I started and met one of my best friends, Heather, who also introduced me to the Mayfly project and basically just became obsessed with it. So, <laughs> so, so let me ask you, have you hit any of the high Alpine stuff, the, 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 the small streams and, and high Alpine lakes? Have you done that at all yet? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love those high Alpine lakes and those crazy little brookies in the streams. Yes. That is my absolute yeah. favorite when it comes to fly fishing and within Rocky Mountain National Park and Indian Peaks and things like that. Um, so do you, do you have an experience or a trip you want to share about a little bit with some high Alpine? 
actually you mentioned um Dustin you mentioned Grayling I found we found this little lake up really high up and we um we pretty much got tired of catching Grayling every Can path. I guess the lake? Sure. <laughs> uh it was a Joe Wright. No. Oh. Oh. No. Okay, I'm, I'm intrigued here. <laughs> no, this is definitely very high alpine above timberline um and you have to have a high clearance vehicle to get there and then hike about a half a mile. But seriously, every cast we were, we were catching these grayling and it was so much fun at first. And then we, we were like, well, now we want these cutties because we got one or two cutties and they were beautiful and huge. Then we just kept catching grayling. <laughs> You know, Dustin, we'll have to have a grayling-specific episode. We, we were just talking on the phone the other day, uh, Dustin and I, about grayling and, and a few of the possible summer trips um, to go target master angler grayling. And we found some lakes there. They're way out there to take a drive, um, like Big Creek. And um, what was the other one you were talking about, Dustin? So so a Pearl Lake up in uh, up in Steamboat, just, uh, you know, over Rabbit Ears Pass, um, their current – um, I guess report says that uh, most of their Arctic grayling are anywhere from 13 to 15 inches. And it is a uh, artificial flies and lures only. Uh, so I'll have to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, my two weight is ready to go for them. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> um, you know, as far as we know, there's only really two lakes here or reservoirs, whatever you want to call them for the state of Colorado, uh, which is Joe Wright and, and Pearl that uh, currently have, have grayling. Uh, so this other one that Nikki's talking about kind of has my interest peaked uh, that I might have to do a little bit more research. Uh, you know, I don't do the whole hiking thing unless I have to, you know, that <laughs> kid doesn't like to hike a whole lot. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I sweat uh, uh, peeling an orange in, in 50 degree weather. So, you know, I, and I ice fish. <laughs> uh, I ice fish in shorts, so you know, hiking is not uh, not a huge thing for me uh, anymore. But um, yeah, you know, the Arctic grayling—they they are extremely fun to catch. Um, you know, and, and Lewis and I have a, a fantastic story about uh, uh, catching Arctic grayling that ended up being a, an epic day. But uh, we may have to postpone that for a different phone call. But you, you know, Arctic grayling are um, uh, you know at the top of my list for for species that. Uh, here in Colorado, don't tend to surface as much as your rainbow trout, your brown trout, your cutties, or anything else like that, because you know Colorado is is so focused around trout that uh, you don't hear a lot about these other species in our waters. Yeah, this I honestly I'm I will tell you I'm terrible at remembering names of places and. So Heather actually probably knows where it is, but I actually don't even remember the name of it. <laughs> no worries. It, it sounds like it's a small body of water too. So we always try not to hotspot small bodies of water so that way they don't get blown up by everybody and their mother. So, but um, yeah, I'm sure we can find it. Just doing a little research. Um, yeah. Everybody is always complaining. Like, how do I find a California golden trout in Colorado? Where do I catch that? Where do I catch that? And, Everybody just fails to use Google and, and just and look at old newspaper <laughs> articles and things like that. They're, they're here. They're easy to find. So, um, yeah, you can definitely find your grayling and all your other kind of crazy species here in Colorado that way as well. Um, I do want to see, um, Nikki, if you guys would have any interest in possibly chasing Arctic char on the fly with the, with the group, with the kids. 
because um, there are certain times a year up at Dillon where that bite is in the creeks and is not too difficult. And uh, we guide up there under uh, Alpine Fishing Adventures, and we might be able to uh, set something up that way. I think that would be a cool way to give back. So can't make promises, but I I think we might be able to set something up. That's fine. Any ideas are great ideas, and um, we're up for anything. We're up for adventures. Uh, you, you know, the interesting part about that is, uh, Dillon Reservoir, uh, from what my understanding, and Lewis, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the reservoir itself is the only reservoir in the lower 48 that currently has Arctic char. It's public. There is some private waters, but yeah, the, it's, it's one of two. I think there's one in Maine and then here in Colorado. So, yeah, yeah I, I know that there is a, uh, there is a, uh, uh, a river. It's it's extremely difficult to get into. I think you have to be a, a vice president to get into it. But, uh, uh, you know, I know there is a river that uh, that does have Arctic char in it, and they're fairly big. And, you know, I approached the uh, uh, fish in the river. I approached the um, uh, their fence one time, and, and I got hotspotted very, very quickly. And, and so people came out, came out and told me, uh, yeah, you're within five feet of our fence. Get away from us uh, type of thing. So, we, we, those of us who know what I'm talking about understand where I'm fishing and, and whatnot, but, uh, but yeah, Dylan is, is a great place, uh, for those Arctic jars. Yeah. Well, we're, we're about up to our time limit, Nikki and Jess. Um, any last minutes that you want to add about the Mayfly project and then also include, you know, the best ways to get a hold of you and how to follow you? How do you see these videos that you were talking about, Jess? Yeah, so, you know, um, obviously just thank you guys for, for, for having us on. Um, you know, we, uh, we're, we're a super small organization, but we feel like we're making a big impact. And, uh, so you can just visit our website at www.themayflyproject.com. And, uh, you know, social media, you know, at the Mayfly Project on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and, uh, we have, uh, you know, we post most of our videos, um, uh, on Facebook and, uh, we have like the last one we, we did of Dakota, uh, that we released last week is actually on our Instagram, like, uh, in our highlights, you know, on our, our, um, on our page. So if you just follow us on Instagram, you can go in there and watch Dakota's video that we released last week. And, uh, yeah. So if you guys have any questions, just feel free to shoot us an email. Um, you know, Jess at the mayflyproject.com and, uh, we can, we can, uh, get you plugged in or answer any questions that you guys, you guys have. And, uh, yeah, we just appreciate you guys having us on and, and letting us, uh, 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 talk about the Mayfly Project. Oh, it's, it's, it's been our pleasure for sure. Um, Nikki, any last minutes? Uh, no, I think Jess had it covered, but I'd also want to say thank you so much for having us. And it was great meeting you, Lewis. And, oh, the Crosswaters films are up on the Riversmith website, too. So those are pretty cool to check uh, out. Yep, for sure. And we did Good share those on the Vantage Fishing Facebook uh, page. So you can always scroll our feed to find them as well. So those are there. Dustin, uh, you have anything uh, to add? I've got a couple just kind of admin notes for, for folks, and then we can wrap it up. Uh, you know what? Uh, after hearing everything about the Mayfly Project, uh, you know, personally, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I've only been fly fishing for probably seven to ten years now, uh, looking at their application. Those that want to give back and really want to donate their time, I would suggest go out and, and give your time to these kids because, 
so many times do we hear in Colorado fishing, and I'm sure it's probably across the United States that, you know, the fishing is within the kids to keep our future. And, and especially these kids that, that are, are underprivileged or, or having difficulties or anything else like that. Uh, myself personally, I think that, uh, I may go ahead and fill out an application, uh, just to, uh, to give a little extra time back. Um, even though, you know, I'm not the greatest fly fisherman in the world. Um, it, I hope you a, can make sandwiches. <laughs> you know what? If I can't fly fish, I can <laughs> certainly make sandwiches. He's good at eating them too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. You know, this, this seems like a, a very great project, a very worthy cause. And if somebody has the time to donate, uh, go out and do it. it it's it, it's an amazing project. Yeah. Well, again, thank thank you both, Jess and Nikki, for coming on and sharing it. Um, it's great to hear the success. It's great to know that this program is out here. I'm like Dustin. I think I'm definitely going to put an application to help out here and there where I can. So look for for that, Nikki. Any which way I can help, I, even if you put me to work on paperwork, I'd, I'd be glad to help. Um, so. Uh, on that note, I just had a couple um, shopkeeping notes for Colorado fishing. Just a reminder, the St. Brain fishing experience is this Saturday. starts at 9 a.m. at St. Brain State Park. So it would be a great place to go out and talk fishing with all sorts of pros and folks in the industry. Um, it's really a good way to kick off spring fishing here in Colorado. And the other one is the walleye spawn should be starting. In a lot of places, it's going to be under the ice. But those places that are not under the ice or when the ice thaws, when they get those gill nets out there in the nets, stay away from them. Look for those orange buoys. Um, you're supposed to be, I think, uh, what is it, Dustin, 100 feet, 150 feet away. Um, that's how those state, how the state collects all their walleye eggs, and specifically at Chatfield, Cherry Creek, and Pueblo Re- Reservoirs. Yeah, you know, I do think it is 100 feet. And, and you know, at the beginning of this uh, this episode, you had mentioned that somebody went through a bar lake. Or was uh, it Lon Hagler? Lon Hagler. Some of like uh, they, it was the lake was half iced, and they tried to get a boat out there, and it capsized. Um, I, I was recently out at Bear Creek Lake Reservoir in uh in what is that Littleton, uh Littleton area. Um, I started my day at about nine o'clock, yeah, lazy ice fisherman day, and um, yeah, a lot of the shoreline was broken up. There was, you know, you were gonna get wet if you got out there. Uh, I recently heard that, um. Bear Creek Lake, people coming off, uh, were falling through the ice. So be very, very careful, uh, if you decide to go out and, and go out for some, some sawgai and walleye, uh, the ice is not as stable as you would, you would hope to be, uh, as an ice fisherman at this time of the year. Yeah. This time of year, there's no such thing as safe ice anywhere. Um, even up high with all the slush buried on top. So just, just be careful. Use that spud bar. Um, so if you've enjoyed or found value in our show or any of the blogs, please like and share. Um, and we just want to thank all the listeners and readers out there for following Vantage Fishing and fight the skunk. Absolutely. Fight the skunk. <laughs>